I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 91, and today I'm going to talk about singing the super icebreaker. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my uh, experience in college in my acapella group and some cool discoveries I made, which I've thought about my whole life, but... Um, how singing and making music together in general is a great way to create closeness with a group of people. It's been kind of a fun discovery. So really quick though, you guys, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the weather again and it seems so funny, but I mentioned last week how it was supposed to be like we had snow and then this weekend was supposed to be really warm. Well, this past weekend, it literally got up to like close to 80 degrees. <laughs> it was so awesome. I even got like a little sunburn as I'm wearing like my t-shirt. It was like v-neck and got a little sunburn. I'm like, woohoo, sunshine. And you guys, today the high is 37. <laughs> I mean, some of us, I think all of us in Cleveland actually are probably ready to just scream at like this constant back and forth. And then I was thinking about last week's podcast about anti-fragile and this sense of volatility is actually helps you become anti-fragile. So this weather volatility I know personally for me, I was like, well, how does that even help me except drive me crazy at this point in spring where I just want it to stay warm. <laughs> so over the years, I've been in Cleveland now over 20 years, which is kind of crazy to me. But I think I have learned to make my own sunshine and be happy or try to be happy or just be okay <laughs> with you know, the sun eventually does come out. But just to be happy, no matter what the weather is. Um, I always joke about people like switching, you know, from spring wardrobe to winter, you know, getting rid of their coats. And like, we can't even do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's like going to be 80 one day. And then I'm putting on a coat to walk my daughter to the bus. You know, it's just like, or to go on a walk with my dog. Ugh. But we, I, I'm making it. I can still be happy. Today I get a podcast, which is always a fun day for me. And I'm excited about my topic. And it kind of went a surprising way for me because I'm doing this in honor of my acapella group that I was in in college, the Acoustics. And they have their big alumni weekend 
this weekend. So this will come out on Friday. And my husband and I were in this acapella group together and we are not able to go, which is kind of sad. And I feel like the past four or five years, we haven't been able to go back. And but for 20 years before that, you guys, I've been graduated from college. I mean, obviously, I'm getting old. So yeah, but for 25 years. So for almost 20 years, we would not miss an alumni weekend because it was always just so important to us. And I just feel a little sad because we've had conflicts, I think, especially as our kids have gotten into their later high school years and they have prom and, you know, all these things happening and it conflicts with the weekend. So we have a few family things that we didn't want to miss. And so hopefully next year, because it's a big year, we're celebrating 30 years from the founding of the group. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my, how I got into the group and how that helped me. And And then just some research I found out that kind of, that really I've known because I've experienced this, but it's cool to like listen and read research that confirms things that I just have experienced. Okay, so many of you know, I grew up in Salt Lake City and I chose to go to Boston College. Now, everyone's like, why did you go to Boston College? And there are a lot of different reasons. I wanted sort of an adventure. I wanted to get out of Utah and see what life was like. And I think I got into Boston College and I had applied to a lot of other schools that were a little bit over my head. And this was a really good school and I got in and I was able to attend. And I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Here I am, this girl from Salt Lake who's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I don't really know what a Jesuit college even means. And many of you probably do, and I do now. I'm very well-versed what that means. Anyway, a Jesuit college is, like a Jesuit is an order of the Catholic Church, And Jesuit priests, their main goal is to help educate students. And so kind of that's their ministry is education. And so Boston College is, I mean, it has teachers from all different walks of life, but it was founded by Jesuits. So most of the people or a majority of the people going to Boston College are members of the Catholic faith. Obviously not all. And so that was kind of a new thing for me. So my first semester at school, I felt a little bit like a fish out of water, or I just felt like I was getting to know people and we all have things in common and we're all going to school and we have family and, but there were some cultural things that were a bit just new to me, if that makes sense. So, and since there were very few people of my faith on campus, although in the area there's a big um, Latter-day Saint student group in Boston because there's so many colleges in that area. But on campus, I was like my freshman year, one of three people. So there was just a lot of, not a lot of it, but there were times where I just felt kind of lonely. 
And my first semester, I tried out for the chorale, which is 150 plus choral group, like co-ed choral group. And I made it into that group. And that was really, really fun to be able to sing in a large group setting. And I met a few of my friends in that group, which was really fun. And so I was enjoying singing. So I went to this concert probably like halfway through the semester and it was with an acapella group. And I had known a little bit about acapella groups because my dad was in an acapella group when he was he was in Yale and he was in the Whiff and Poofs and they had they had come to visit and so I had heard them and obviously they're a little bit different traditional um, than some of the newer groups going on but so I kind of knew that you know acapella they make their own sounds with the music anyway I went to this what they would call a cafe at the time because it was done at this like place where you would get food the we call it McElroy Center and it was a smaller little cafe where they had Dunkin Donuts and uh, just a seating area and so there were smaller groups that would perform there and it was just a really fun place to go see groups for free and this one was an all-girls group and I was just like, I want to do that through college. That looks so much fun. And so I decided that, all right, the next, I don't even know what I'm looking for, but if there's an audition, I'm going to keep my eyes out for it. And it was right near the end of my first semester. So I just remember kind of looking out on all the notice boards or because this is obviously before social media. This is in the early 90s. So the next semester I come back to school and I see it was like sometime in January there was this flyer for tryouts for this acapella group. And I was like, yes, there it is. That's what I'm and I knew nothing about this group it, all I knew was that they were co-ed. I, I knew nothing. And so I just tried out. I, I thought you had to like sing a song that was originally like acapella, but you could sing really any song. So I sing the song that I really didn't know very well, but probably should have just sung whatever song I knew. But anyway, all these things were new to me, but I tried out and I got called back and was so excited to get called back. So to try out, you basically just go in front of the group and you sing and they try to find out if like you can keep a tune pretty much. So then in callbacks, you are put in different groups by your vocal range and you are taught a specific song. And with acapella, most of it is basically pretty easy, but it's just making sure you can keep your rhythm and tune when you're with a whole big group. And the hard part, I think, about it, especially, I don't know if all groups have this, but our group, most of the music wasn't written down. So it was just like, okay, you're going to sing ba-ba, ba-ba. You know, they would give me the notes. And you sing that four times, and then this is how you go into the chorus. And so trying to remember those parts just by ear I think was a challenge. So anyway, I had so much fun just learning the parts and working with all the people in the group. And then 
we would get put in groups and sing the song. And I made it. (laughs) Surprise. And I feel like that was a pretty momentous, um, it's like one of those hinge points. Like if I hadn't tried out, you know, that's where I met my husband. Gosh, I'm starting to get emotional. Oh my gosh. Okay. But it really changed the whole trajectory of my college experience. So it was just so exciting. Like I remember, you know, trying out and feeling good about callbacks and I didn't even know how they like told you, but the whole group comes and they knock on your door and they start singing and then they're like, you made it. And it's so fun. And that was before, like, when we were in the group, we started, like, you would tell someone they made it, and then you would go and you'd have a little party together. And they, I was the second one? Maybe first. Hmm. I'll have to, someone knows, call, um, uh, sing in order (laughs) in our group. But anyway, and I just remember like getting into the group and we got to go around to sing to two other people because I remember Mary and KEV, we all got in and it was just like so fun and exciting. And that really did change my whole college life. My freshman year, I was also diving and I was not really loving diving And I remember I got into this group and I had to finish out my diving season. So I had like to go to diving practice. I had like two months left in February and March. So I had to go to like diving practice and then hurry and go to rehearsal and then try to keep up on schoolwork and everything. And sometimes in high school, you do a lot of things and are able to keep up. And in college, it's not quite the same. So I remember just like, loving the people, loving just being able to sing and deciding like, okay, diving is great, but like I'm going to have way more fun singing. So I'm going to (laughs) drop diving. So I only dove my freshman year. And that was probably the best decision I made because I was able to just really enjoy that group and be able to also have time for my studies and not be going too many different directions Um, because I was also in corral still which was also really fun so here we are I'm in the group and we have rehearsal probably 10 hours a week we have it twice like two times during the week and then we'd have it on Sunday mornings plus we would have performances and then you just start hanging out all the time together If you think about what's happening in a rehearsal, the group was about 15 to 18, depending on each year, and you are standing in a circle throughout the rehearsal, learning parts, fine-tuning, listening to everybody, making sure you have eye contact, watching the director, and this is all student-led. This was just like, we had an advisor, but he didn't come... I don't even remember who our advisor was, but I think it was a he. He didn't come to rehearsal or make sure that we had rehearsal. It was all just up to us. We we 
People wrote arrangements. I remember writing one or two arrangements. I wasn't really very good at it. I'm always like, oh, that was the one song I arranged. It's not really that great. Trying out parts and then you're walking back to your dorms with, you know, the people that live by you and just there was a lot of bonding experiences. I was so grateful for that. I remember the difference between coming home after my first semester and the summer after my second. I honestly was like, after my first semester, I was like, I don't know if I want to keep going to the school. And after my second semester, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go back. This is going to be so much fun. And it actually was. Like, it was so fun to be able to sing with a group for three and a half years. We would go to performances regularly. We would um, have retreats where it was even more intense singing and also time with each other. And just the amount of time together also was a lot. But there was just something about making music together that was super bonding. And so I talk about being a little bit sad that we're missing our alumni weekend. And it's because when I got in the group, the group hadn't bit, had only been around for one year. So we were kind of the baby group on campus. We were still finding our way. And we, I think, bonded more because of that. We were having to like make our reputation because there were other groups on campus that had been for a while and they were known to be really good. And we were kind of the funny stepchild at the time. But we just really worked hard to try to become better as a group as well as build our reputation and then just building friendships. So that really transfers after you graduate. It's hard to say goodbye to all these people. And so coming back every year and just being able to meet up with people you sang with, but then you get to also meet the new people that get called in and that whole process of listening to people and choosing people specifically to get in your group is kind of intense. Like there's when we would have auditions, we'd kind of sometimes fight over different people or everyone would not be aligned or there was always one person we're like, yes, this is the person we want to come in. And just this the idea of auditioning and adding into this person, you know, you come in the group and you're considered a baby and then you leave and you're considered a grandpa. So you you grow in a family super fast. In four years, you go from baby to grandpa or baby to grandma. And so coming back to alumni weekend, it's fascinating to me how I spend three days once a year with people and I could not talk to them all year. And it's like, obviously things have changed and we've grown, but we just love each other. And even people I didn't sing with, I now get experience and listen to them sing. And sometimes, and we have a couple songs that we all sing together regularly and we just bond. And so you know, we have this network of people and I'm sure any of us, if they would stop by, yes, come and hang out with us. It's just this really interesting, intense weekend because you're singing, you're also getting to know people who you didn't sing with because now that I'm super old, you know, there's how many years of groups that have gone through. And it's funny how all these traditions that we started 
when we were just this baby group had now become like these serious traditions. Anyway, I was trying to figure out like why why is that? What it is what is it about singing in a group because I've also experienced it since then when I've either sang with a group at church or um just singing with my family, there's just like an opportunity to just really bond and feel close when you're singing. And the cool thing is is there is tons of research behind this. Maybe not tons. I mean, I found like four or five different things, but I will have to say it's super fascinating. Okay, so one thing about singing together is it cre- it like creates two different hormones in your body. First of all, um, according to the research that I read, and I'm going to read a, read a couple quotes that I found, is that when you sing together with a group, and this can also go with like making music your body creates the hormone oxytocin. And that is a bonding hormone, like a trusting hormone. It is also like if you have more oxytocin in your body, you have a higher pain tolerance. So what's fascinating about some of these studies is they would check people's pain tolerance after they had a singing rehearsal. And they would use like a blood pressure cuff. I don't know what other, some other studies, I didn't know specifically what they did, but they would notice that their pain tolerance was higher after they were singing with a group. Isn't that so just fascinating? Okay. And then the other thing that happens when you're singing is that your body creates the beta dopamine hormone, which is that pleasure hormone. So usually after you're done singing, you feel really good, especially when you're singing with a group and working together to make music. You feel really good. Even if your voice is tired and maybe rehearsal didn't go quite as awesome or you're not sounding really good, there's usually this feeling of like accomplishment and pleasure afterwards. So I'm going to read a couple fascinating quotes from some of the articles and studies that I found. Okay, there was this one study by the Royal Society Publishing. And I just love this part of of the excerpt. Like this was like the extract from, not the extract, the excerpt from the study. So to begin, before I get into this quote, this particular study had the hypothesis that somehow you got closer by singing with a group as opposed to just being in a group that was like meeting to do crafts or to do creative writing. So they had a seven-month study and they had seven different groups, four of which were in singing groups and another couple in a craft group and then a creative writing group. And they um, did a survey after like a month and three months and seven months to see how close they felt towards their group. So what's interesting is by the end of the seven months, like each group pretty much felt close, but all of the singing groups at one month just felt like they were so much closer. Okay, so here's the extract. It says, although protracted interaction is likely to be necessary in order for intimate personal relationships to develop within a group, 
Singing may be able to kickstart this process in humans. Singing breaks the ice so that individuals feel closer to the group as a whole, even if they do not yet know anything about the individual members. Such an effect may overcome time constraints on the creation of individual relationships to allow large human groups to coordinate effectively and quickly. In this regard, it is interesting that religion, another potential mechanism for connecting large numbers of individuals, often incorporates singing or chanting in groups. The capacity of singing to bond groups of relative strangers in humans may have played a crucial role in allowing modern humans to create and maintain much larger social networks than their evolutionary relatives, which in turn may have facilitated the colonization of risky environments across the globe. So one group was saying that maybe when people started singing, it helped our cavemen come out of the cave or something and feel comfortable getting out and being more in a group. So I kind of talked about this earlier, but this study from The Greater Good from Berkeley talks about how music bonds us together. And it says, now new research suggests that playing music or singing together may be particularly potent in bringing about social closeness through the release of endorphins. In one study, researchers found that performing music through singing, drumming, and dancing all resulted in participants having higher pain thresholds, a proxy measure for increased endorphin release in the brain, in comparison to listening to music alone. In addition, the performance of music resulted in greater positive emotion, suggesting one pathway through which people feel closer to one another when playing music together is through endorphin release. Okay, I have two, like two more quotes, but I think these are all just so fascinating and so true because I have always felt, especially when I've done either a show um, with people that when we're singing and dancing, like there's just this closeness that develops. So, okay, and it says in another study, and this is from, again, from the Berkeley article. In another study, researchers compared the effects of singing together in a small choir, 20 to 80 people, versus a larger choir, 232 people, on measure of closeness and on pain thresholds. The researchers found that both choir groups increased their pain threshold levels after singing. However, the larger group experienced bigger changes in social closeness after singing than the smaller group. This suggested to the researchers that endorphins produced in singing can act to draw large groups together quickly. Okay, I'm continuing this quote. Music has also been linked to dopamine release involved in regulating mood and craving behavior, which seems to predict music's ability to bring us pleasure. Coupled with the effects of endorphins, music seems to make us feel good and connect with others perhaps particularly when we make music ourselves. Okay, all so fascinating. So singing, maybe the way we need to help our country come together is we all just need to sing in a big fat group. Uh, okay, one more quote that I really liked, and this was from Time Magazine. What researchers are beginning to discover is that singing is like 
an infusion of the perfect tranquilizer, the kind that both soothes your nerves and elevates your spirit. All right, and this is going to go a little more into the hormone release. Continuing the quote, the elation may come from endorphins, a hormone released by singing, which is associated with feelings of pleasure. Or it might be from oxytocin, another hormone released during singing, which has been found to alleviate anxiety and stress. Oxytocin also enhances feelings of trust and bonding, which may explain why still more studies have found that singing lessens feelings of depression and loneliness. A very recent study even attempts to make the case that music evolved as a tool of social living and that the pleasure that comes from singing together is our evolutionary reward for coming together cooperatively instead of hiding alone every cave dweller for him or herself. And that's sort of what I mentioned earlier. Just the act of singing together. And what I found so cool is that it doesn't have to be good singing to have the same effect. Because not that we were horrible when we first got into the group, but I feel like compared to maybe other groups on campus, we weren't necessarily the best, but we were getting better. But even just the act of trying to sing together releases those hormones. And I think that's why when we go away, you know, when we go back to our back to Boston College for the weekend and we get together and we're all singing or we're all watching people sing, there is this like feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have to get to know that person now. And usually that's what happens is like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And we get to know them and take the opportunity to like open up. Like it is about like those icebreakers are, it's so much easier to break those down when you're singing. And one article suggested that like in a work environment, if you really want to help people to bond is to like have a karaoke night and have people just singing together. Even poorly singing together is going to just super charge the icebreakers. That's kind of what it was talking about. And there was a really good uh, YouTube video and I'll have that again on my website. It was this guy giving a TED talk talking about the effects of music on the brain and on society as a whole. Again, talking about how it really helps us feel good. And he even had this like example of how music helps us remember. So he's like, why do I remember lyrics to music? But I can't remember, you know, the words to a poem. But if it's put to music, I can remember it so much better. And then he talks about, he calls music like the harmonizer because it, again, brings up our levels of dopamine and oxytocin, which is a trust hormone. So again, I'm thinking maybe the solution to all our issues in the country now is we just need to start singing together. And then we can break down barriers that we all think, so whatever groups against us or for us or whatever is going on right now. So what I find really cool is I'm just going to finish with this story because when I was thinking about pain tolerance and the release of oxytocin while you're singing, and I remember one particular alumni weekend, I went 
and I was 38 weeks pregnant. <laughs> like I was so close to having a baby and I didn't want to miss just because I was pregnant. So I remember one of uh, my friends who um, was a couple years younger than me, of course, this is a few years after, I think this, this is with my third baby. And she was a nurse. I was like, okay, if I go into labor, like just, <laughs> can you deliver? She's just joking. But so we do this really cool thing at the end of alumni weekend. And I think it's one of the things that really is our favorite thing and very bonding is we go into what we call the, the building is named Gasson and there's this rotunda and this building is made out of stone and this particular circle it's called a rotunda because it's a circle and it goes all the way like there's two floors or even three like it's just this open area in the building and it has just the most amazing acoustics and sound and it just carries the sound and it's like you don't even need speakers like everybody you just sit in that room and we take turns singing songs from different eras of the group and there are just like so for probably an hour different groups that sing together so like we'll get up and the group that I sing with We'll sing a few different songs together. And usually they're kind of soothing, more mellow songs. Some of them are kind of upbeat and awesome, but like you're just sitting there and just like taking in this music. And I think it's another one of the reasons why it's just like this really special weekend. Anyway, I just remember like this feeling of so just of calm again we're singing together I it's producing oxytocin which I don't realize this is happening but I just remember sitting there thinking I could have my baby right now and I think I would be fine <laughs> and can you guys all just come to my birthing room and just sing so that I can I think I just thought it was interesting. And I think that it's like, you know, my I'm having these hormones released because this singing together it is like a real thing. And I remember coming back home and we made this like birthing mix of a lot of the songs that we had listened to. And I, you know, it was just like, I can do this, just bringing you back. And although it was just funny how I did have the baby and I remember being in a lot of intense pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't really go away. But I think it probably would have been better had I been singing with a group. Not that you want to be singing with a group while you're having a baby, but so you guys, isn't that cool that singing really does help you bond and kind of like has this effect of like bonding a large group together? Because I also felt that when I was in the large choir or chorale at Boston College, just this opportunity to sing these amazing pieces. I mean, some of the works we did were so fun. And you're just bonded, even though sometimes I didn't even know some of the men that were singing over there. And we got to travel together and there was just a lot of fun things. But I just want you to know that it doesn't have to be awesome singing. So those of you who may not be amazing singers, but just the opportunity of making music together in some way is good. 
for your overall health and help so you get close and feel close and connected with others. And I I have totally felt that over the years and it was just so fun to find out that that was like backed by research. <laughs> okay, you guys, that is it for today. If any of my acoustics friends are listening, I'm sad to miss you this weekend and hopefully next year we'll be able to get back. All right. Have an awesome week, you guys. If you want, spread the word. I would love my podcast to just get to more people. Share it on social media. Leave a review. Sign up for my newsletter. All the good stuff. But always, thank you so much for joining me today and have a great week. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 